0: Part 3, Chapter 50 of Thus Spake Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche, translated by Thomas Common. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On the Olive Mount Winter, a bad guest, sitteth with me at home. Blue are my hands with his friendly handshaking. I honour him, that bad guest, but gladly leave him alone. Gladly do I run away from him, and when one runneth well, then one escapeth him. With warm feet and warm thoughts do I run where the wind is calm, to the sunny corner of mine olive-mount. There do I laugh at my stern guest, and am still fond of him, because he cleareth my house of flies, and quieteth many little noises, For he suffereth it not if a gnat wanteth to buzz, or even two of them. Also the lanes maketh he lonesome, so that the moonlight is afraid there at night. A hard guest is he. But I honour him and do not worship, like the tenderlings, the pot-bellied fire-idol. Better even a little teeth-chattering than idle adoration. So willeth my nature." and especially have I a grudge against all ardent, steaming, steamy fire-idols. Him whom I love, I love better in winter than in summer. Better do I now mock at mine enemies, and more heartily when winter sitteth in my house. Heartily, fairly, even when I creep into bed— There still laugheth and wantoneth my hidden happiness, even my deceptive dream laugheth. I, a creeper, never in my life did I creep before the powerful, and if ever I lied, then did I lie out of love. Therefore am I glad even in my winter bed. A poor bed warmeth me more than a rich one for I am jealous of my poverty. And in winter she is most faithful unto me. With a wickedness do I begin every day. I mock at the winter with a cold bath, on that account grumbleth my stern housemate. Also do I like to tickle him with a wax taper, that he may finally let the heavens emerge from ashy grey twilight." for especially wicked am I in the morning, at the early hour when the pale rattleth at the well, and horses neigh warmly in grey lanes. Impatiently do I then wait, that the clear sky may finally dawn for me, the snow-bearded winter sky, the hoary one, the white head. The winter sky, the silent winter sky, which often stifleth even its sun, Did I perhaps learn from it the long, clear silence? Or did it learn it from me? Or hath each of us devised it himself? Of all good things the origin is a thousandfold. All good roguish things spring into existence for joy. How could they always do so? For once only." A good roguish thing is also the long silence, and to look like the winter sky out of a clear round-eyed countenance, like it to stifle one's sun and one's inflexible solar will. Verily, this art and this winter roguishness have I learnt well. My best-loved wickedness in art is it, that my silence hath learned not to betray itself by silence, clattering with diction and dice, I outwit the solemn assistance, all those stern watchers shall my will and purpose elude, that no one might see down into my depth and into mine ultimate will, for that purpose did I devise the long, clear silence, many a shrewd one did I find. He veiled his countenance and made his water muddy, so that no one might see there through and there under. But precisely unto him came the shrewder distrusters and nutcrackers. Precisely from him did they fish his best concealed fish. But the clear, the honest, the transparent, these are for me the wisest silent ones, In them so profound is the depth that even the clearest water doth not betray it. Thou snow-bearded silent winter sky, Thou round-eyed white head above me. O thou heavenly simile of my soul and its wantonness, and must I not conceal myself like one who hath swallowed gold, lest my soul should be ripped up, Must I not wear stilts, that they may overlook my long legs, all those enviers and injurers around me? Those dingy, fire-warmed, used-up, green-tinted, ill-natured souls, how could their envy endure my happiness? Thus do I show them only the ice and winter of my peaks, and not... That my mountain windeth all the solar girdles around it they hear only the whistling of my winter storms and know not that I also travel over warm seas like longing heavy hot south winds they commiserate also my accidents and chances but my word saith suffer the chance to come unto me "'Innocent is it as a little child. "'How could they endure my happiness "'if I did not put around it accidents and winter privations "'and bearskin caps and and enmantling snowflakes? "'If I did not myself commiserate their pity, "'the pity of those enviers and injurious, if I did not myself sigh before them and chatter with cold, and patiently let myself be swathed in their pity. This is the wise, waggish will and goodwill of my soul, that it concealeth not its winters and glacial storms, it concealeth not its chilblains either. To one man. Lonesomeness is the flight of the sick one, to another it is the flight from the sick ones. Let them hear me chattering and sighing with winter cold, all those poor squinting knaves around me. With such sighing and chattering do I flee from their heated rooms. Let them sympathize with me and sigh with me on account of my chilblains at the ice of knowledge will he yet FREEZE TO DEATH. So they mourn. Meanwhile do I run with warm feet hither and thither on mine Olive Mount, in the sunny corner of mine Olive Mount do I sing, and mock at all pity. THUS SANG ZARATHUSTRA. End of part three, chapter fifty. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.